Blog Talk Radio. Time now for the Gridiron Stud Show. Well, you can be all American. Actually, you now. You're actually, I can do it now. You can do it now? Yeah, I can do it. But I'm trying to focus on my position. With your host, Chad Wilson. They hate no me on You know I got to do something in the mix. Bringing you high school, college, and NFL talk. I don't rap a discipline. Yes, sir. You all need more discipline. True discipline. Come on, get a grip. Call us on the show today. Don't get out of my face with that crazy that, stuff. That, that. The number to call, 347-633-9365. If y'all got to take y'all know that. Or you can reach us on Twitter, at Gridiron Stud. And now, your host, Chad December 7th, what's today, Wednesday, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, in a bit of an irritated mood today, and it has to do with blog talk radio, uh, not the greatest of support from this, plat- from this platform, sorry about that, technical screw-ups, um, all kind of stuff going on, and uh, there's no way to get a hold of anyone immediately, so um, not going to have some audio clips here today, working with a very limited amount of audio clips. For what reason, I have no idea, but nevertheless, that is the case, so we'll just have to deal with it. But coming up on the show today, I'm going to have high school football reporting legend Larry Bluestein on with me at the bottom of the hour. We're going to talk about Florida high school football playoffs and championships that are taking place this weekend, all of them in one weekend. How about that? Class 1A all the way to 8A. Bravo FHSAA, we're on the way to recovery here. Uh, So you're going to get all eight classifications championships in this one and only weekend. No need to make two trips to, uh, what is that, Camping World Stadium? They're calling it now, hell of a name for a stadium. But no need to make two separate trips on two separate weekends uh, this year. 1A through 8A all going down this weekend. So we're going to talk about that with Larry Bluestein. And then as always, I'm going to have Joshua Wilson on from Florida hsfootball.com. We're also going to talk about the championships and the road to the championships. We had some uh, semifinal games last week. Class 1 through 4A is uh, we're off last week uh, after settling on who was going to be in the championship games two weeks ago. So we get to talk about that. So uh, very excited about being able to talk about that on the show today. What's in the news? The biggest news out there right now in terms of the world of college football and how it would impact high school football is that Willie Taggart appears to be the new head coach at Oregon. Oregon has found their guy. 
not uh, paying him that $10 million that was thrown out there. I don't think that that's going to be the case, but um, that was thrown out earlier in the year that uh, allegedly, allegedly Phil Knight, um, who is, is really is Oregon football, uh, has put a lot of his hard-earned cash from him, uh, his Nike uh, brand into Oregon football, and uh, there was a report that he's, uh, you know, fed up with not being a part of the elite of uh, college football, so to speak, and not being able to really be in this college football playoff thing and compete every year like uh, like an Alabama. So that he, uh, in, in response to that, he wanted to throw some money at the problem and allegedly would pay as much as $10 million for a brand-new head coach. I don't know that they're going to pay Mr. Taggart $10 million. Um, it obviously will be an, an upgrade in terms of uh, – financial terms for Willie Taggart and uh, congratulations to him on that. He's done a fine job. He was at Western Kentucky first, did himself well there, got the job at USF and was on the hot seat there for a little bit. I wasn't sure that Willie Taggart was going to be able to hold on to the job. Nevertheless, did a fine job and uh, ushered USF to their first double-digit win season in the school's history. And as a result, he gets gets an upgrade and uh, apparently now is going to be the new head coach at Oregon. What's that mean down here in the state of Florida, where the Gridiron Stud Show hails from, is I'm sure Willie Taggart will come back and grab some talent from the state of Florida. Will it be in abundance? No, it will not. Okay, for all of you out there that are listening that think that that's going to be the case, that he's going to come down here and grab five, six, seven players a year, that's not going to happen. It's still a difficult task to get players from the state of Florida to go all the way clear across the country like that in numbers. When things were going really well under Chip Kelly for the uh, Oregon Ducks and they were playing in big-time games, they were playing in Rose Bowls, they were as entertaining a team as any in college football, uh, multiple uniforms. They were talked about, chrome helmets. They were pioneers in terms of um, you know outfitting themselves for games. And they were winning games, and they were exciting football teams. Um, they were as talked about a football team in college football as any other. Only thing they were missing were championships. And uh, even still at that time, it was difficult for Oregon. They could get interest from kids down here, but uh, getting kids to actually pull the trigger that were in the state of Florida to uh, head all the way out to Oregon uh, was a task. And they even had a couple of kids go out and uh, head out to Oregon that later turned around and, you know, transferred or, you know, whatever they had going on. So it's, that's going to be a difficult task. But Willie Taggart, to be quite frank, he's going to probably, you know, face some pressure and would probably be better off uh, hitting the West Coast hard um, and going down into places like Los Angeles uh, and San Diego and Oakland to find some of the skilled talent that he needs to uh, be a success there at Oregon, but we uh, certainly wish him a b- the best, and uh, hopefully he can get Oregon football back to where they want it to be. Cert- uh, a hard fall off of them under Mark Hef- Helfrich, if I'm saying that name right. Uh, but, yeah, uh, uh, certainly a fall off for them, and uh, they need a, a, a return to glory. Uh, I still say that Oregon job is going to be a tough job to win championships with. And I think uh, what Oregon football needs to be is entertaining. Uh, that's what they have to be. And hopefully Willie Taggart understands that, that you're not going to be 
uh, an Alabama type. You're not going to be an LSU type. You're not, you know, USC type. You're just you're not going to have what you need to be in this thing every year. And so if that's what fans are expecting there, then they should prepare themselves to be disappointed. It's just not that's not what the Oregon uh, program is set up for. But can you be entertaining as they were? Almost oh, definitely, you know, and, and win games at the same time. Um, have several seasons where your double-digit winners have, uh, several, you know, maybe win the Pac-10 or Pac-12 North um, back-to-back. Yeah, you can do stuff like that. But folks are expecting uh, Oregon to be in this college football playoff every year uh, and to be playing for multiple college football championships. I just don't know that that program is set up for that. So um, a lot of what goes on in terms of success for these football programs has a lot to do with the expectations from the fan base, the media, et cetera. And so, um, we, you know, we'll just have to see how that goes and uh, what exactly it is fans expect from Willie Taggart and the boys up there. So and that's, uh, that's one of the, uh, one of the stories we're dealing with um, out there today. So, and, and it's, uh, it's, it's football coach season. Where are they going? Uh, what are they doing, and uh, where are they? Where are they going to end up? So um, that's the constant search, and that's usually what uh, December is consumed with. That's usually how things go. We're caught up uh, at the end of November with who's going to play in the college football playoff, um, and we debate that, and we cry about it, and this, that, and the other. And I'll, there'll be, I'll talk more about that in a minute. But that's what uh, November is about. December is all about. Uh, who's going to get what job, who's getting fired. And then uh, January is all about recruiting. And uh, so you've been put up to date on the schedule and how it works if you're new to this whole high school football, college football thing. You know, that's that's how that whole thing works out. All right. Um, obviously, uh, Willie Taggart taking a job in Oregon means that now there is a, a job open at USF. And so how do you folks out there really view that USF job? Is it the top-notch job? You know, what do you folks out there think about it? Um, And who are some good candidates for the USF job? If you have an opinion on that, feel free to call into the show today or anything uh, that's on your mind, uh, especially folks down here locally that are, you know, uh, thinking about the high school football championships that are going down this weekend. You can give us a call, 347-633-9365. Again, 347-633-9365 if uh, you want to get on and talk about the high school football championships, uh, if you want to talk about college football job openings, any of these bowl games, too. The bowl game matchups uh, have been put out there for us. So that's another thing that uh, we could talk about and look into on the show today. What are some of the best college football bowl game matchups that we have coming uh, our way this College Bowl season. Are you going to watch them? Which ones are you most excited about? Uh, the Canes are playing West Virginia in their bowl game. Uh, seems to be a pretty good matchup. So uh, that's definitely one for the folks down here to look into. Um, the Florida Gators are going to be taking on Iowa in the Outback Bowl. That's played January 2nd. And then uh, the Florida State Seminoles are playing Michigan. What do we think about that? Can Florida State match up with Michigan? And who would have been saying that five years ago? Things like, does Florida State have a chance to win versus Michigan? But it's crazy how things can change. A lot of it has to do with coaching. And uh, as we all know, Michigan went out and got their guides. Jim Harbaugh, and he's paid off quite handsomely. 
for them, and they uh, have one of the top teams in the nation, one that many people feel should have been in the college football playoff. I mean, they were a controversial call and an overtime loss away from uh, beating Ohio State and essentially being the team instead of Ohio State in the college football playoff. But uh, that is not the case. Nevertheless, they're going to be taking on uh, the uh, Florida State Seminoles in their bowl game. Let's just quickly take a quick review of the the uh, coaching jobs that uh, came open, have been closed, and are, that are still open. Baylor, uh, Jim Grove, filled it with Matt Rule, in case you, uh, you missed that. Cincinnati still at opening. Uh, Tommy Tuberville has stepped down from the job. Florida Atlantic still looking for their guides, Charlie Partridge. Uh, I thought Florida Atlantic probably needed to move a little faster on getting a replacement there. Now the USF job coming open. Uh, probably messes them up a little bit. So I think FAU fumbled the ball there a little bit. They, if you're going to go fire Charlie Partridge, you should have had someone in mind pretty close as to who you were going to who was going to be next. And now I think that USF job puts you even further on the back burner, and you're going to be picking up the scraps uh, after whatever USF decides to do with their head coach opening. But that's just me, you know, uh, just this guy on blog talk radio doing the gridiron stud show just my thoughts florida international ron turner was a coach flipped it over now it's butch davis and butch is trying to get hit the ground running and get things going fresno state has now gone to jeff tedford the georgia state job is still open trent miles is out houston job tom herman they too are taking their time with it um that would suggest to me that they are they feel firmly that one of these guys and in particular i think lane kiffin uh, would be the next guy there. I don't know what. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know about Lane Kiffin as a head coach. I just think he's so good at being a coordinator, and 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 that's kind of been the opposite for him as a head coach. But you know, never again. Nevertheless, you never know what's going to happen with a guy. Sometimes they just turn it around, and uh, they learn from their mistakes. Pete Carroll being one, and you know, several of these other guys learn from their mistakes. We'll see if. Lane Kiffin is that guy if he ends up getting the job in Houston, as many folks think that they will. Indiana, uh, Kevin Wilson gone. Uh, that's uh, still under investigation as to exactly what happened there, but they filled that job with Tom Allen. As we all know, LSU filled their uh, opening with uh, interim coach Ed Ogeron. Nevada, Brian Polian, that job's still open. Oregon, as we talked about, just filled their job with uh, Willie Taggart. Purdue, uh, a couple of days ago, filled it with Jeff Brom. See if we can come in and uh, jazz up the offense there. Don't know what they're going to be doing defensively there. That's that's the big one. Uh, San Jose State, Ron Carragher left, and now that job is still open. South Florida, as we talked about, is now open. Texas filled their job with Tom Herman, and Western Kentucky, Jeff Brom was the coach there. He's now heading over to uh, Purdue, and so the Western Kentucky job is open. Western Kentucky has been lights out offensively over the last few years can they keep that going with their new hire i think that's the identity of that team that school that program so they're going to need to hire very carefully there so a number of jobs still open i got to ask this question of the jobs that are still open right now and i'm going to review them again cincinnati florida atlantic georgia state houston nevada san jose state south florida temple and western kentucky what do you folks out there believe to be is the best job of those Western Kentucky, Temple, South Florida, San Jose State, Nevada, Georgia State, FAU, and Cincinnati. Of those, what would be the best job? Uh, so I, I would I would I would ask y'all 
uh, what do you think there? And uh, if you got a reason why, feel free to let me know. Again, the number to call in today, 347-633-9365. Coming up at the bottom of the hour will be Larry Bluestein to talk Florida high school football and the championships and the playoffs and all that. Always like to uh, review with Larry Bluestein some of the things that he's seen during the season. Has a tremendous memory, tremendous mind. You want to talk about someone that gets out and about and around. Um, Larry sees a lot of games, sees a lot of players throughout the state. Uh, a great, a walking Wikipedia. And so it would be interesting to talk to him. And then at the top of the next hour, I'm going to have uh, Joshua Wilson on from FloridaHSFootball.com to uh, talk some more about Florida high school football and so on and so forth. But, again, I'd really be interested in your answer to that question, Cincinnati, Florida Atlantic, Georgia State, Nevada, San Jose State, South Florida, Temple, Western Kentucky, kind of all in the same category, these schools that currently have openings. But of those, what would folks consider to be the best job? I'm going to take a quick break. When I get back, we'll talk more high school and college football here on the Gridiron Stud Show. We'll be right back. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. All right, we're back here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Um, you know, I, I get this a lot from folks. They, you know, they want to talk about rankings. They get all up in arms about rankings, whether it's player rankings and the stars that are being issued out by the recruiting outfits like Rivals and 247 Sports and Scout and so on and so forth. They get all up in arms about it. Don't, people, okay? I'm, I'm here to tell you there's an agenda with any and every ranking, I don't care whether whether it's a team ranking, a coach ranking, a recruiting ranking, a player's ranking, they all have agendas. And there's no bigger agenda when it comes to then you know what comes around when it's time to rank high school football programs around the country. Number one, it's a very difficult thing to do. There are a lot of high school football teams in the country. Obviously, some teams get more coverage than others. Some play nationally televised football games, some cross state lines to play games. Um, and so they're, you know, by virtue of that, they are just covered more. So they're going to get more attention and people are going to talk about them more and they have a better opportunity to be ranked higher, called the best, etc., etc. Then there's other factors at work, you know, outfits like Max Preps in USA Today and so forth that rank high school football teams are in the business of selling subscriptions. And so they can go the route of just picking the real best teams in the country, which would mean they'd probably spend a lot of time uh, ranking teams in the state of Florida, Texas, and California, and Ohio. Spend a lot of time in those areas, and that would probably dominate the rankings. Or they could spread things out and kind of uh, throw a bone to some of the areas of the country where they're most likely to get subscriptions. To their premium services and uh, folks just need to understand that and stop getting so up in arms about it case in point bishop gorman 
Uh, they've been the number one ranked team all season long. Uh, Bishop Gorman's a good football team. I think they've proven that. And uh, they do schedule well. They go into California for games. They play teams from the state of Florida. They played two Florida teams this year. Played Coco, who was uh, going to be playing in the state for a championships this year. Beat them in Coco, 46-10. to 10. So, a uh, great football team. Also, uh, one of the juggernauts in the state of Florida, St. Thomas, went out to uh, Las Vegas and uh, in a thriller, triple overtime, lost the game. But they were good enough to beat St. Thomas. So they're a good football team. That's not my point. However, uh, Bishop Gorman played in their state championship game. And they played against Liberty, who's from Henderson, Nevada. Liberty was ranked in the Max Preps Excellent 25 this year. I believe they got as high as 21. Uh, anyone out there know what the final score was of that state championship game for Bishop Gorman versus Liberty? Now, mind you, number one, 21 ranked team at one point was Liberty, meaning they were on there ahead of several teams locally down here in the state of Florida who did not see themselves, despite having a good season, in the Max Preps Excellent 25. Final score for Bishop Gorman versus Liberty, 84 to 8, folks. I, I didn't, that's not a mistake. 84 to 8. Now, you tell me in what world. In a team that would lose a football game, 84-8, to eight, could be considered one of the best in the country. Ahead of many teams in the state of Florida, Texas, California, Ohio. What do you folks think that's about? And it's exactly what I, I, I did tell you it was about. Places like Max Preps have to sell subscriptions for them to exist, for them to bring you all of the premium content, for them to bring you the free content that they bring you. They've got to sell subscriptions. There's got to be money. Um, they've got to have folks from all over the country view their website, uh, subscribe to their services, uh, click on banner ads, and uh, they have to make money to provide you these things. And they won't be able to do that if they just pile all the rankings in from the state of Florida, Texas, and California. So you do something like rank Liberty, uh, as high as number 21 in the country, and then uh, watch them go get spanked in the state championship game, 84 to 8, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Let's take an inside look at this football game, shall we? First of all, at the end of one, it's 35 nothing, Bishop Gorman. Game is over, 12 minutes in. Game's over. And if you were there live at this game, probably uh, two drives in for Bishop Gorman, you realize what's going to happen here. There was no more suspense. But in case you were holding hope that you were in t attendance at this game, you are hoping to see a good football game at the end of the first quarter, you clearly realized that that wasn't going to happen. 35 nothing at the end of one. And in case you were still holding out hope that Liberty could make you know, add a little drama to this thing. Perhaps come back with a couple of touchdowns and give you a warm, fuzzy feeling at halftime that you might see get a tad bit of drama. No. Bishop Gorman puts up another 21 points in the second quarter, and we're going to halftime 56-8 to state championship game. Previously 21-ranked Liberty. 56-8. to Come on. 
what what what's going through your mind there at halftime as you go and buy your hot chocolate and take your bathroom break? The urge to go back into the parking lot. Press the button, unlock the doors, and get in the car and drive away to something more interesting. Had to be overwhelming for folks who were at the game as casual observers. You know, obviously the parents aren't going anywhere. What are your thoughts about your state championship game, 56-8 to eight at the half? Is that an embarrassment, or what do you talk about there? And so you think to yourself, well, I'm going to hang around. Maybe Liberty comes out with some fight and they can put together some plays and, you know, give me something to hold on to here. Nope. Thirteen more points for Bishop Gorman in that third quarter. Nothing for Liberty. So at the end of three, 69-8. So that was your state championship game in the uh, state of Nevada. And there wasn't a terrible amount of, you know, things going on offensively. Not, you know, great excitement. Tate Martell, the uh, most notable player on the Bishop Gorman team, ends up only 7 of 8. He must have been bored out of his mind for 124 yards through two, two, two touchdowns. No ball carrier on... Uh, Bishop Gorman's team had more than 11 carries. These are the kind of numbers you see when you know what just a, the other team was completely outclassed. Bishop Gorman did rush for 269 yards. Top rusher of the day, Biagio Walsh, a senior. 11 carries, 104 yards. Again, you saw from the stats, not a whole lot of uh, passing going on in this game. Bishop Gorman didn't need to. It would have been overkill. Four pass catchers with a, a reception each. Um, and uh, Jalen Naylor, a junior, caught six passes for 111 yards. Everyone else had very pedestrian numbers. State championship game, though, folks. Hey, previously ranked number 21, Liberty. That's what you had. That Liberty team threw four interceptions in the game. Four. It was a turnover fest. That's what it was. As they tried to get back into this thing. But uh, that's what you had, man. And, and, and so, you know, I, I just urge you folks to just understand that that's how this thing works. That's how it goes. These aren't real rankings. They're rankings, but they're not real rankings. There's an agenda behind it. Let's take a look at things as it stands now. Clearly, obviously, on the heels of an 84-8 to win, and there's quote-unquote, and you can see my fingers going up here, there's state championship game. Bishop Gorman remains number one, and there's nothing anyone's going to really be able to do about that. You know, they're not going to uh, take them out as uh, the number one team in the country. So they're number one. Number two is IMG. A lot of folks upset about IMG and the whole idea of IMG and what IMG does and what they stand for. People are calling them a prep school, a junior college playing high school football, and I get it. I understand it. They recruit from around the country. They're recruiting from around the country. So 
difficult for people to understand, take it, etc. And so it is what it is, folks. IMG, number two in the country. DeSoto, Texas, number three. They seem to be a mainstay in this thing. Grayson out of Georgia, number four. St. John Bosco has played a thriller uh, in their playoff game. They're out of Bellflower, California, number five. DeMatha, another mainstay in the uh, top of the rankings in uh, high school football. They're number six. Allen, Texas, you know them, of high school football stadium fame. You know the stadium that seats 60,000. Your typical... Texas crowd on a Friday night, Friday night lights. They're number seven. St. Thomas, eight. Modern Day, nine. Roswell, Georgia, ten. My school, American Heritage, just outside of the top ten at 11. How about that? I like us versus many of these schools, but that's just me. Maybe I'm biased, but we're sitting there at 11. We'll have to see how things go. Uh, As we move through these state championships, and again, talking state championships here in about 15, 20 minutes with Larry Bluestein. As uh, we get down to the finals and the championship games for all eight classifications here in the state of Florida. That's coming up. They have two different rankings here uh, on Max Preps, and I'm looking at them. There's the Max Preps Excellent 25, which is what I just read you, and then there's the Max Preps Freeman ranking. I don't understand how they do any of these. They've got American Heritage at number 25 on the uh, Freeman rankings. Whatever. Anyway. Continuing on. Uh, The uh, State of Florida Championships. I asked for a number of things in an article last year after the uh, state championship games couple of things that uh, annoyed me about the uh, way the FHSAA was putting things together. The biggest of which was breaking up the classifications in half and uh, forcing high school football fans to make two separate trips to Orlando seemed utterly ridiculous to me. Just made absolutely positively no sense. And uh, I was so upset about it, I, I wrote an article. I wrote an article about it here. You want to hear it? Here it goes. No, I didn't. I'm not going to read it to you, but uh, that was uh, my A number one suggestion. Let's stop making folks take two trips to Orlando. It just doesn't make sense. As for a number of other things, and I'm yet to really check on this, and I'm late on it. I'm going to do that as soon as this show is over with. But uh, I am going to check on uh, how they're doing the tickets. Do we Are we doing weekend passes? Are we doing, you know, one-day passes? Are they going to be clearing out the stadium after every game and then reinserting people? That would be foolish. But then again, I don't know exactly what they do there. I mean, if you're if you're doing the one-day passes and someone just bought a a one-game ticket, how do you how do you solve that whole situation? So, uh I would imagine they're probably going to be clearing out the stadiums after the games. But I hope that when I go do my little research here that they're selling one-day passes or entire weekend passes. just makes sense to me. I, I don't know. Let somebody get a two-for-one, a discount for going to more than one game, and so on and so forth. So I hope they're doing that. 
And so now, since they put all of the games into one weekend, my biggest agitation with the state of Florida high school football championships is uh, the television, of which there is none if you're not in the local Tampa, Orlando area. Apparently, there's none. So, whereas me, as a South Florida resident with Xfinity, I could go on to one of those Fox channels, sports channels, and I can see... Uh, the championship game in Massachusetts, I can see championship games in as far away as California. I can't do that with the state of Florida championships. That's stupid. Makes no sense. So again, I would urge uh, the FHSAA to uh, fix that situation quick, fast, and in a hurry. I don't care if you're in a contract. Get out of the contract. Get out of the contract. It's utterly ridiculous that uh, someone down here in Miami can't turn their TV on tomorrow or Friday or Saturday and see the games. They've got to go online for a stream. They've got to go pay a subscription, uh, take money out of their PayPal account, put in a credit card. Come on. Stop it already. That's stupid. Grandma and grandpa that can't sit in a car and take that trip for three hours up to Orlando and actually sit in the stadium for any multitude of reasons, shouldn't now have to be forced to go log on at 70 years old, 75 years old, go find a website, go log on, go through all of the trouble of uh, putting in credit card information or using, God forbid, a PayPal account to get it live streamed so that they can watch their grandson play a football game. Who, who comes up with this stuff? Let's stop operating like everyone out there is a, a teenager or age 18 to 30. They're not. You got grandmas and grandpas down here that want to watch their kids play, their grandkids play, and I don't know that they're going to be able to do that if there's not a youngster around to help them with that. Furthermore, it's annoying for an 18 to 30-year-old to have to deal with that anyway. I just want to, I just want to take the remote, press the button, and... Tune into the channel and watch the freaking games. I don't want to have to live stream a broadcast online. Dumb. Fix it. FHSAA. If you need to break a contract, break a contract. Hell, man, ask for donations. Five bucks from everyone pissed off about it, and we'll get you out of that stupid contract with Bright House or whoever the hell it is for that for some reason can't broadcast outside of the local freaking area. We seem so bushly. We seem third worldish when we do stuff like that. If I go to one of these other states that has really good football, I doubt that is the case. I doubt that's what's going on in Texas. I doubt that's going on in California. I doubt it's going on in Ohio and Pennsylvania. I doubt that's happening in Georgia. The only way you can view the games is a live stream on some bootleg website. Stop. Fix it. The other thing that would be nice from the FHSA is, hey, turn this weekend into an event. Set of boots. Let some of these companies hawk their wares. You know, uh, the helmet people, the shoulder pad people, the trainers, the uh, nutrition people, all the folks that uh, hound you all year long at your high school about their products. And I mean that in the most loving way, the most professional way, in the most respectful way. Hey, give them uh, an opportunity. The grand finale. They set up booths 
outside of the stadium and turn it into a whole festival. You know what? How about you invite previous um, previous high school greats from the state of Florida to this weekend? Honor these folks. Bring back Emmett Smith, Michael Urban, Deion Sanders. Try to get these folks here um, as part of the weekend. These folks played high school football here in the state of Florida. And I don't care who you are or what kind of NFL career you had, Hall of Fame, Super Bowls, you remember your fondly, for the most part, you will remember your high school football career. And I think these guys would be eager to participate in something you had here. Ray Lewis. I mean, just start naming. I mean, this is as famous a state for uh, high school football players that went big time in the NFL as any. Boost your identity, FHSAA. Like, have something, have events. So you could be kicking this off tonight. Wednesday night all the way through Saturday night. All kind of events and galas and honorings and appearances. And you have it on television, not a live stream. Do it like they do at these big-time college football games. A dude in a red shirt comes off the sidelines, TV timeout, during the TV timeout. You come out and you honor a Ray Lewis or a, a Michael Irvin or Emmett Smith or, a, you know, a Deion Sanders. Someone go find Sammy Smith. Bring him out there. It's a Florida high school football great, Derrick Henry. All-time rushing leader, not only in the state, but in the world. I don't know. I don't think that's too much to ask. Nevertheless, I gave you the rankings. Bishop Gorman, it's Bishop Gorman's world. We're all just lucky to be in it. Basically, that's the deal. And we should all just be very happy about that. Taking a quick break. When I get back, more high school football talk here on the Gridiron Stud Show. We'll be right back. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. All right, just a reminder to you folks out there that now is the time to get free health insurance for you and your loved ones. Primary care insurance is now enrolling individuals into their Obamacare insurance plans. So call today, 954-278-8696. That's correct. Free health insurance, Obamacare, is now available from November 1st to January 31st. It's urgent that you call today, 954-278-8696. Let them know you heard it on the Gridiron Stud Show. Open enrollment only comes once a year. That means that the government is willing to pay for your health insurance needs. So don't miss out on your opportunity, the time to get free health insurance for you and your families now. So please call 954-278-8696, or you could visit them on their website, OptimumNationalInsurance.com. Again, that's OptimumNationalInsurance.com. All right, all eight classifications in the state of Florida going down this weekend. As always, there are uh, predictions on what's going to happen here. You can get them from a number of places. One of the most famous folks doing that is Joe Pinkos. And if you're new to all this, he has a formula, folks. I don't. He's just not freestyling. He's not coming off the top of his dome. 
with these predictions. He uh, inputs quite a bit of data into the computer and they spit out predictions. Uh, sometimes they just motivate the hell out of people. Sometimes there are just folks out there looking for a reason to get mad or get uh, pumped up about things, and sometimes Pinkos uh, pr provides that for them with his uh, computer output. But again, don't get mad at the guy. He's just putting numbers in there. It's the numbers talking, not the man. It's the numbers. So here's what Pinkos has. I'm going to start with Class 1A. He likes Pahokee by 9 over Baker. Pahokee back in things. It's been a while for the Blue Devils since they've been in a state championship game in the uh, mid to early 2000s. Pahokee was a regular, and they were dominant. And then something happened there, and they fell off. But here's Pahokee back again, and Pinkos likes them to return to glory. Got them by nine over Baker. Score one for the South, according to Pinkos. Class 4A, which is what comes up next. He likes Coco by three over Bowles. Another win for the Southern region. Coco did well in their preseason to uh, schedule well and prepare themselves for the state run and then ultimately uh, a game like this uh, under the uh, bright lights and pressure of playing in a championship game. So, uh, Pinkos, according to the computer data, likes uh, Coco by three over Bowles. And on Friday, you got three more games. Class 2A starts off first. Again, Pinkos likes the Southern Region champion, Champagnat Catholic, by five over University Christian. So where are we at? That's 3-0 for the Southern Region. I hear the folks up north mumbling right now. What's up with that? He also likes, uh, in the Class 5A game, which is the next one up after Class 2A, he likes American Heritage, a school I'm uh, uniquely and ultimately uh, quite familiar with, being a coach on the staff. Yay, he likes us by 13 over Ponte Verde. I've been, we, all week we've been struggling with how to pronounce that. It's my goal before kickoff to, to accurately pronounce the name of that school. Ponte Verde. Verdra. Likes us by 13. Class 7A is the uh, game that night, St. Thomas. Um, Joe Pinkos likes them by 8 over Plant High School out of Tampa. Then Saturday, three more games to finish off the championships, Class 3A. Uh, he likes a very good game between Trinity Christian uh, and Chaminade Madonna. Likes Trinity Christian by one. So if you're up there this weekend, just, you know, that looks like the game you need to see. The uh, 3A game, uh, according to Pinkos, is going to be nip and tuck, a real fist fight. And he likes uh, Trinity Christian by one in that game. Class 6A, Carroll City. Talk about... Uh, you know, a school that's it's been a while since they've been in this game. There was a time when Carroll City was dominating everything, and then uh, things changed a little bit in Dade County. Central rose up. You had Norland there for a while. Northwestern had their run. Booker T. Washington came around. But Carroll City outlasting everyone in that SEC district, making their way quite comfortably through the rounds. And uh, now Pinkos likes them with the biggest margin uh, over anyone in the uh, in his predictions. He likes them by 19 over Lake Gibson. I don't know if that's good or bad for Carroll City. Is that pressure? I don't know. He likes them to be runaway winners in the game. And then finally, Class 8A, he likes a good one here. Likes Dr. Phillips, though, by two over Southridge. 
Southridge has had a great year. Defense has been outstanding. Uh, they've done all the heavy lifting for the Spartans. But uh, according to Pinkos, that's, that's going to come to an end against a Dr. Phillips team. We'll just have to see about that one. But if you're tallying this up, according to his predictions, we're going to have one, two, three, four, five, six out of the eight classifications uh, come to the uh, southern part, the southern region. He likes them to be the winners. And that's your buddy, Joe Pinkos. Hey, that's the data talking. But how about someone who's actually seen a lot of these football games, who's laid his eyes on things and has uh, a wealth of knowledge and experience to rely on? We'll have to put him on the spot and see what he thinks. He doesn't need a computer or a bunch of data. And I'm talking about my next guest, and that is famed high school football reporting legend Larry Bluestein, who joins me here on the Gridiron Stud Show today. Larry, how you doing this morning? I'm doing great, Chad. Thanks so much for having me in. Big week. Yeah, no, no problem. <laughs> uh, it, it, this, the things, the games must be big if I'm uh, going to the bullprint and, and bringing in the closer. Uh, and oh, that's uh, who you are <laughs> uh, on this broadcast here right now. You're the closer coming in to uh, kind of get it, kind of get well, it all together here for us. I was just going through Pinkos. I don't know if you were uh, listening to it there, but uh, Pinkos, all his predictions, and he, uh, he likes that southern bracket apparently. Right, six out of right. eight formula. Yeah, it, you know what? The, the, but everybody doesn't understand. Pinkos, is, it's just a formula thing. He doesn't really have like a feel for these games. You know, like it, usually if you're if you're a, a odds maker, a betting line, sometimes it, you you usually have like a hunch. You know, if you go, oh, this team could match up well with this team, and you know that's usually. But he does it by formula, and I know everybody gets upset at him. You know, you know, for thing for for making these, but it's not like he's sitting there picking them out of the air. It's his it's his formula, and um, you know, purists don't you know they well you know a lot more that happens than on a computer in football. So, but uh, yeah, yeah, no doubt. And I did I did uh, I did give that disclaimer before reading this. Like, don't get mad at Pinkos. He just throws a bunch of numbers into uh, maybe a spreadsheet or some computer program, and this is what spit out. So don't get mad at the man. Get mad at the numbers uh, if you don't. Uh, like what's being laid out here. But you know how it is when you go into these playoffs and you're, you know, either playing in the game or coaching in the game, you're looking for any reason to catch an edge and get all agitated and motivate your team. And sometimes Pinkos uh, is able to do that for you. So I'm sure the folks at Lake Gibson are all fired up about the fact that they're 19-point underdogs to Carroll City. Listen, I'm Lake Gibson's happy to be there. Uh, Well, you know what? Lakeland's happy. Uh, Lake Gibson's happy to be there. Coach DeMeyer's had a great job. Uh, he took over for his dad. And, and um, you know what? I'll tell you what. Lake Gibson's has always been in that mix. It's just always Lakeland that they have to get over. And uh, they, they've certainly done a great job. And we, we did a show about three weeks ago, a month ago, when the playoffs started. And um, we had um, Sean Callahan from Armwood who was going to see Lake Gibson in the second round. He goes, you know what? If our streak ends, it may be to them. And he was prophetic. Yeah. Um, you know, no, no doubt about it. Uh, so he was correct in that one. Um, I'm a, you know, Carroll city did not start off the year all that great. And they were in that sec, uh, as they call it district. And uh, right. folks were wondering if they were going to get out of there because Northwestern really caught fire by the middle of the season. And uh, I guess a lot of folks felt like they would be the ones to come out of there. 
Ultimately, I think Northwestern was done in by having to face Carroll City twice. But what do we make about this run uh, by Carroll City here to end the season? Well, this is what uh, Coach Aubrey Hill's been building towards uh, since taking over. And then they added uh, a couple of pieces to the puzzle this year. Uh, They fought through injury on offense, which when you're a defensive-oriented team and you know that better than anybody being a defensive, uh, that when you have a defense that suffocates and strangles and turns the field and ensures that, you know, while you don't have an offense that can go 80 yards every play, um, you do have the field position. And that's what happened with Carroll City. This is a lot like the the Booker T team a couple years ago that didn't have the great offense but they had that smothering defense and that when you, when they took over, their offense took over, the defense did them such a, you know, a solid by putting them in a position where they didn't have to travel far for any points. And that's what's happened to Carroll city. And the thing is, is they've really ducked nobody. They've, they've went out and made it a, you know, from IMG and playing them right down to the wire and only losing 17 to seven to begin the year uh, to play them a challenging schedule. Uh, you know, and, and, and usually the inner city teams other than central, uh, because they have to, uh, to keep up their national standing, don't play that schedule that, you know, that would wind you through IMG and take you up to Lakeland and, you know, and, 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 and Oxbridge and programs like that. But, uh, they did and, uh, props to them because more people will look at them. Uh, and mm-hmm. this is no cut to. Uh, Ponte Vedra or any of those other programs, but we saw it last week with Venice and we saw it, you know, a couple of weeks ago when an undefeated team uh, comes in and, uh, you know, they think, well, because I'm undefeated, you know, that everybody should bow down. And that's not the way it is because some of those programs, even though they come in with two, three losses, there's a lot of battle scars in there from great games. And that was Carroll city. And, you know, they, yeah, they lost to Carl the Gables. No, was not bad. Good. I mean, you, Carl Gables is a pretty good team, and everyone kept looking down their noses at them. And, you know, they lost to them for two years in a row because it was a defensive-oriented game and a lot of mistakes. But uh, once they got that train rolling, and it seems like they play better on the road. Don't ask me why, mm-hmm. but they went over and cleaned Lakeland's clock two years in a row, which Bill Castle right. will never, ever, ever schedule them again or do his research. Uh, because right. usually Lakeland's good for playing teams down here, but never the kids, not, you know, not, no one that could come in and take your heart out. And right. uh, that's what happened with Carroll city. They've parlayed that defense, Chad, to, uh, you know, to, to make themselves a, a team that doesn't really need a potent, potent offense to get it done, even though they have the pieces that defensively mm-hmm. is where, where they, them and Southridge have made pretty much their entire season. Yeah, you know, I've seen that from uh, actually a lot of the teams down in, in here in the South. That's that is the case. You know, we have a pretty good um, defense at American Heritage. I, I think it could stand exactly. with anyone. But you know, we bring the offense Definitely. as well. But you know, uh, that's been the case for a lot of the teams. They say defense wins championships, and you're never going to get me to argue anything other than that. Of right. course, uh, being a defensive guy myself. Um, let's talk about you know Booker T. That's not here in this. Uh, they had a really close game with Coco. Uh, there was some mumbling about the about the officiating in the game. How much credence do you lend yeah. to that? And then just how good is this Coco team? Well, here's the deal. You don't want to get in a position where you're going to be using the, the referees for any type of excuse. And, and and I'm sure that Ice Harris going in would tell you that. You know, I mean, you, you don't want to put the. You know, it's sort of like. 
if you're a three and two in baseball, don't put the don't put that darn strike into the hands of the of the umpire. You know, do sure. do something to you know hit the ball, and that's what I always maintain because it's you know there's almost every play you you know as a as a coach that that you could call holding on. There's right. motion. There's all different things that go on during the course of a game. But the one thing that I I you know, stay true to, especially just, you know, play the best you can play. You know I mean? If you want right. to, you know, did you ever hear a winning team walk away and say, wow, the referees were off? Never. It's usually the losing uh, wait, team that does that. against Bishop Moore a couple of weeks ago, but ultimately you let oh, it you go did? a whole lot faster if you won the game. Yeah, yeah, but by, by, by the first turnpike plaza, you guys let that go. But So I'm just sure, saying. Yeah. That you, but when you lose it, you lament it a lot more, you know, and that and that's one of the Most things. Definitely. And the you know, first of all, before I go into Coco, props to to Booker T and props to Central, both of them four time state champions, which in this day and age is almost impossible. It's really impossible. Yeah, it had to, to end at some and, point, but a great run. Yeah, it had to end. But not only that, the, the way that you know when that happens, Chad, you get a tendency to have people from all over the country look at you and say, wow, they're four-time state champions in Florida. So the entire state gets more spotlight when you're having teams like that. So props to them exactly. for keeping the attention glued on the rest of the, the great uh, programs and players down here. Coco is a, is a really outstanding program. I, uh, you know, when we did our special program, we had John Wilkinson on the head coach and we talked to him and I, and I know him very well throughout the years and great man. And that area of this state is so overlooked for talent because mm-hmm. when you read out all the schools that are in that area from Palm Bay to Heritage, you know, to, to Bayside, to Merritt Island, right. to Rockledge, you know, and all those schools that they have, Biera, who went to the state title last year, um, you have your hands full. You know, I mean, it's not always easy. They're, they're, uh, you got you have Melbourne and O'Galley and, and, and all mm-hmm. those uh, Space Coast are right in that consolidated area. So you're really popping for, for the kids who, you know, which, which, you know, was, uh, you know, when somebody told me a couple of weeks ago, you know, and I said if if mainland doesn't win this year, they can hold their tongue mm-hmm. forever because there's just too much talent in South Florida, and they're all going to cu- kind of gravitate towards those, you know, those public schools since now they could uh, yeah, open and roll. Yeah, they went out. <clears throat> yeah, but here's my thing. You know, I mean, and everyone goes, well, mainland will be back, but they don't have the talent base. Well, that's the one mm-hmm. thing in Cocoa area you have talent. But, again, mm-hmm. you have to get a majority of those Marco Wilsons and guys like that because they're, they're spread mm-hmm. out. So the only mm-hmm. way to win is to get more of them. And he did, and he has, and he had a dynamic quarterback, and he has a tremendous defense. And uh, it's, it's a great small – remember before uh, think, um, before Booker T dominated, they went three years in a row. Right. And won. Booker was, so, was yeah, out there so doing it. it. it Kept, exactly. kept us, you, you know, know Glade Central out of it for for quite some time. Exactly. So I, I, do, I do remember that. And so uh, there, and then it is a classic matchup. Two great coaches. You know, Bulls are very talented. I think this is a as talented a program they've had in a couple of years because you know they they were always kind of like 
you know, slowed down by the fact that the kids knew that, that, that uh, they would lose to Booker T somewhere, somehow, right. you know, kind of your right. demeanor changes when you get to, but it's not going to change. I think it's going to be one of the great games of the weekend. I really do. That's a, that's a Thursday night game right off the bat. And I think that the fans are really going to see if they can get over to that game because that's, you know, that yeah, has all good. the earmarks of a, a of an outstanding game. Yeah, a good prime time, a good prime time matchup. Uh, listen, um, you know, you've been around high school football for quite some time. Ever. And, you know, Corky Rogers has probably been there as long as you. When, when do you think he's right. going to hang it up? I think he's enjoying it too much. He's, he's surrounded himself with some outstanding coaches uh, throughout the years. Loyal guys have been there for a long time. Um, he's got, you know, kids who, are, who buy into his system. And, um, you know, unless his health gets in the way, there's really no reason for him to step aside. I mean, it's not, you know, he's got responsibilities, but his coaching staff are like all co, 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 co head coaches. Yeah, so I guess anyone could uh, step in there. Larry Bluestein joins us here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Uh, let's talk about Pahokee. It's been a while for them. Um, and, yes. You know, they've. If you talk to some folks, they they tried to lose some games. Uh, they certainly did what yeah. they had to do to lose some games, but somehow pulled out the wins, and here they are against Baker. Folks down here aren't going to know much about Baker, but I'm going to rely on mm. you and your great expertise to yes. tell us a little something about this Baker team they're playing. Yeah, good football team. You know, athletic, a lot of playmakers. They've you know they've they've been there before. It just hasn't been for a while. But you know, the only thing about the the north side of the Panhandle and then the south where Pahokee is, you know, 300 miles away from where the bulk of the, of the other right. South teams are, which is kind of strange, um, is they would never have the athletic talent to compete mm-hmm. with those South teams. So whether it be uh, Trenton, who's just dominated over the last couple of years, or Madison County or Pahokee, uh, they're going to have their way. I mean, they're going to have more athletes. They're going to be a bigger team. Baker's a very good team, but when you – you know, you don't get a chance to play those huge programs like a Pahokee does. Pahokee plays six, seven, and eight A schools. Uh, Madison mm-hmm. County, same thing, plays five, six, and then seven schools. But be, being where Baker is deep in the panhandle, they don't get an opportunity. I mean, they, they'll play Freeport, and they'll play some of those schools over on the panhandle, you know, in that area. But they just never get an opportunity to waltz over and play a Pensacola High School, you know, or a, right. a, a Scambia or a Gonzaga, like they do in the South. So that's that's the one advantage that, you know, that the, the South team will have over the North, being a mm-hmm. more athletic team that has been tested. Yeah, I know the data – uh, and Pinko says a nine-point win here for Pahokee. For some reason, though, like, I just feel like this more. is going to be a closer game. Oh, you do? I do. I, do. I, I just know. have that I, I feeling because of how Pahokee's played um, and just yeah, some of the mistakes who they've, they've played. Made, and That's it's been what I'm a while trying to them. say. Well, here's the deal. They're undefeated. They have, you know, they played at the end some really good teams, Madison County, and they played against mm-hmm. freaking Trenton and all the on the road type teams. And I'm telling you, I just, I mean, I have to, I mean, going in, I respectfully disagree with them. I, I think Pahokee's mm-hmm. going to unload on them. I just don't, I don't think that Baker has the overall athletic ability that this team does. They won't have as many athletes, you know. I mean, and, and that's what I'm trying to say. But hey, listen. Pinkos is going on his formula, and, and uh, you know, I never doubted him, but I still had that gut feeling that having watched both of them, 
Uh, I just think the speed, yeah, well, look, I'm a guy overall that team speed is more than I trust the computer and, and uh, spreadsheets. Yeah, Call well, me you never know. Old school if they're, you know, such a thing. But so yeah. I'll uh, I'll go with that. If they could stay mistake free, then there's no doubt Pahokee has a, a decided talent advantage in this one. Uh, right. Let's talk about Champignac Catholic. No one was expecting this really to uh, to happen here for them. They were, you know, pretty much underdogs for most of these games coming through the playoffs. What's been the thing that's carried them through? Well, they're a young, very athletic team. I happened to be at the game, the last game uh, against Northside Christian, and I will tell you, you know, that was Mike Al- that's Mike Alstott's team and his kids, the quarterback. They moved mm-hmm. the ball. When, when we first saw them in the opening drive, I didn't think there's any way Champignot would win the game. There's just no way they mm-hmm. could even stay in the game. The other team was bigger. They were faster. They made better decisions. They were a senior-oriented team, but as a – but that senior-oriented team was part of a game that had 300 yards and penalties and six turnovers mm. and 12 oh, sacks. Yeah, 12 quarterback a sacks. So they ended up never getting going. It was Champagnat that, you know, they took advantage and they won it 14-3. Um, they're going to have a tough road. Jacksonville University Christian's always good, very stacked, mm. uh, big kids. You know, they get the – you know, it, it would be like a Chaminade. You know, they're, they're almost like a Chaminade. And, and it just show you that the only game that they lost this year was the team that Chaminade beat to get there, Melbourne Central Catholic. And, and they got whipped pretty good. It's just a very small school, uh, very small. You know, uh, you know they have, like, not, not a whole lot of big-time kids on the line. And that's where they're trying – that's where Coach uh, Dennis is trying to get things going there. So, uh, But right. skill-wise, they're big-time. they got – 20 starters, which is amazing. Yeah, they Three freshmen. Like a really resilient bunch. It'll see. Uh, it's, yeah. It'll be interesting yeah, they'll to see take what advantage. They got left in the tank for this game. What hey, one good thing, thing you helped me out with here, uh, Larry, was the pronunciation of the team we happen to be playing. So is it Ponte Vedra? Did I say that right? Ponte Vedra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and a kid that I saw as an eighth grader, Nick Tronti, who has turned into be a very cool, good quarterback. Uh, he's had a, but this is the whole thing. You're looking at talent level, and I think that Heritage State Championship game was last week. Um, I said that going in. I thought that uh, that uh, Tampa uh, Jesuit was a better team than than most people gave them credit for. They were better than Orlando Bishop Moore this year. Part of just first time coming to the stands, and uh, for going against a team that's been there three out of the last four years with a lot of veteran leadership, a lot of kids who been in this situation before i i just don't see this being much of a game this is going to be a lot of speed uh that that ponte Vedra doesn't see every week and um it's you know i look back at ponte Vedra being more of a, a don bosco team maybe a right. team that may may you know may have some size and may have some kids that could do things but not enough kids to do a team things against a superior defense that that has so much recovery speed even if they make a mistake you don't go all the way so um you know, it's if you're going to beat Heritage, you've got to score on every chance you get because if you waste chances, you're not going to, you're not going to win the game, not even yeah, close. I'll, I'll say this. I've been uh, obviously, you know, watching film, extremely sure. impressed with Tronti. Yeah, extremely impressed. Yeah. There isn't a throw on the field that he's uh, not afraid to make, um, and he, yeah. he's dazzling with the ball in his hand. You know, we've kind of likened him to uh, Scalzo at Cardinal Gibbons. Um, yeah, but I think yeah, he's yeah. a little more decisive in his scrambles um, and is more yeah. out to gain yards, where Scalzo will run around a little bit more behind the line of scrimmage. Tronti's going to get yards and, and hurt you that way. I'm, I'm impressed with him 
uh, both as a quarterback and as an athlete. I mean, the kid punts for the team also. Uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. He no, he's a great athlete. Halftime. Yeah. yeah. For he's someone like myself athlete. that I just... Miami and uh, remembers the BYU-Miami game where BYU upset yeah. Miami, I am not taking you anything for granted. You never take anything for granted. For granted. Yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah, never. I don't blame you. But, yeah, but yeah, the reality no of it is this. The reality of it is this. When you get on the field, if – you can run a four four three, and the guy next to you runs a four eight. There's no way he's catching you, and it's just yeah. that's, that's the way I look at things, and it, it's just mm-hmm. the way it is. And and you know when thing you could play on emotion. How many times have you watched the Saturday game and go, oh look, Bowling Green took a seven nothing lead on Ohio State. Oh. Next thing you know, it's sixty three to seven. So, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's anything happens when you play on emotion. This is what happened with Southridge. It took them to fumble the ball on their own three and give Carl Gables a first and goal and only gave up a mm. field goal, was, which was the first point scored off of them in seven weeks. When you have right. athletic talent, it takes over. And it will take it over in your, ga- in your game. It will take over in the St. Thomas game. It will take over. I mean, Tampa plants a nice team, but they've never seen – they're not going to – I yeah, don't well, care how good a coach – Let's talk about that game. Larry Bluestein joins us here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Uh, before we even get into all that, I think, uh, you know, you and everyone else and, the, the you know, the lady went viral, uh, a mom from one of the players at Venice, um, you know, interrupting one of Roger Harris' uh, interviews and talking <laughs> about St. Thomas and their abundance of talent and how they recruit kids and blah, 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 whatever it is, you know, the, all the emotions right. flowing after Venice – um, having one of the best teams in their school's history and, and got a running clock put on them. I'm starting to hear this more and more. A lot of it has been about IMG, um, and now they're moving over into places like St. Thomas and Oxbridge, and we've even gotten it some too, uh, the term abundance of talent. Um, how much yeah. of a problem do you see that being going forward before we even get into talking about this game? Uh, I don't know if it's a problem. I, you know, more kids are, are – are at more apt to sit at a St. Thomas than they would at like a plantation. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So if they could mm-hmm. go to St. Thomas and sit around for a year or two and, you know, take in everything and all that, they'll do it. You know, even if they're marquee kids, they'll do it just to get on the field and be a part of that. And that's what you're seeing more of. And it's not only their heritage, like you mentioned, there's a few schools, mm-hmm. but St. Thomas, I saw there, you know, what they're about when they're running Keyshawn Bryan in the second slot and Daniel Carter, who's going to be one of the best, who if isn't already one of the best sophomore running backs in the country um, at third team and the kid Llewellyn, who was a beast at that uh, university school and at number four. Mm-hmm. And you got, you see, that's what I'm Amazing, saying where Llewellyn and Carter would be starting at 90% of the schools in South Florida. And that's not a stretch. And they're, they're you know, you look at their, their defensive secondary where they're not, as talented maybe as they've been in the past, they are deep. Mm. They have a lot of kids that can play sure. uh, and that do make plays. And, uh, and their linebacking core is crazy. Their front seven, if you could penetrate that for any length of time, uh, that's where they get you. And if, if you're in the game at halftime, it'll be interesting. Mm. But I have a feeling. How much of a chance does Plant have, have here then? Not a real chance because how many times are you going to drive and you know football and put yourself in an offensive coordinator position and St. Thomas is going to put you in the end zone every time that they that they uh, score because their kicker will put you in the end zone. So, uh, so you start mm-hmm. 20. How many 80-yard drives are you going to get? Not many. And uh, you have and to not be against a perfect that defense. Caller, uh, and your kids have to execute out of their mind. So 
No doubt. Well, a number of great things got to come together. Well, look at their – if you really want to see what St. Thomas is, look at their charts of scoring this year. They've only let up three drives, three drives of 70 yards or more. Three. That's mm-hmm. it. And that means that they, you know, maybe at the end of the game that happened. But more sure. likely they fumble the ball or they have four, poor field position, you know, give, four, uh, give up poor field position, and then people score on them. But you look, mm-hmm. they'll never, never consistently get beat going down and 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 believe me there have been a lot i mean i would say venice is a better offensive team than planted mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. you know i mean they were big they had a 2800 yard rusher with 38 touchdowns they had three great receivers it's it's the deal that st thomas comes at you and never stops coming at you with every right i mean they you know and they've got so many athletes so i I think that game. And at some point, much. you just uh, you get overwhelmed. It's an it's a it's an avalanche. Here's a game. Uh, I'm uh, outside of our game. Um, I'm most excited for this one, and that's Trinity Christian taking on Chaminade. Um, you know, I don't know. If, you know. Moose is somewhere kicking himself. He turned this Chaminade yeah. team loose, and here they are in the in the final game here. Of, you know, with a chance to be champions. Um, Pinkos has this game at one. I think it's a great matchup. I think it's a real good matchup. Uh, you know, they lost to Coco earlier in the year. Trinity did. And the only games that, that Chaminade's lost to were the bigger, you know, like the Deerfields and the IMGs and schools like that. So I think that you're looking at a program and Flanagan they lost to, which was a better defensive team at the time. Um, but mm-hmm. I'll tell you this. They've got a real legitimate shot to win this thing. And then, you know, credit to Damian Jones. You know, you can come in and have a nice car, but if you can't drive it and you can't keep everybody happy in the car, then mm-hmm. it, it's going to fall apart on you. And he's been able to come in, different chemistry, you know, different coach, and uh, mm-hmm. mold things together. Kids are having fun. They're winning. Like you said, one game from a state championship, uh, university. I mean, uh, Trinity is a great program. Dormany's done a great mm-hmm. job. He's got kids, Gus Scott. Everybody's done awesome for them. And uh, I think it is going to be one of the great games. And, uh, it's, you know, a good marquee matchup. Yeah, uh, and, and uh, equally as good uh, matchup, uh, apparently, on paper, um, is your 8-8 game. And it, I think that's awesome that we're going to end this thing with what is believed to be a great game, um, and that's Dr. Phillips versus Southridge. We've already talked about Southridge's defense and um, their yeah, of historical quality. Um, not so good on offense, which could, which keeps every game in the balance for them. What can Dr. Phillips do? Yeah. How do you feel about this game? they got to get 14 points ahead. If they get 14 points ahead – on on uh, them. If you remember last time, Doctor Phillips in state title, they got seventeen nothing up on Central mm-hmm. with Nick Patty at quarterback, and they had all the the guns that year, and they got up on them. But Central had Devontae Freeman and the and a lot of ability to come back. The thing that sure. that Southridge has, this is another team. If they should get up fourteen nothing, I think that the the stands will start leaving. Because that is one of the best defenses, top to bottom, that you, you're going to find. Why? Because mm. they're huge up front. Their linebacker mm. plays insane. And their secondary is mm. very good. So you look yeah. at one of the best defenses. They're like Carroll City. They will keep you going backwards all game. And every mm. kid on that team, there's just no way that you're going to account for a couple of kids. But when DeAndre Johnson and, and the kid Head, who's only just a junior, and Charlton, uh, come at you from mm-hmm. the defensive front. How many how many bodies can you you, you stop? 
Usually they all right. take double teams. So how many players you got? And then when you have to worry about Nadarius Fagan, and then all of a sudden uh, you look at a linebacker who's outstanding in the kid, um, uh, Brandon James, whose dad played at University mm. of Miami. Uh, just, yeah. It's just a great football program. Offensively, they have the, the talent. They just haven't been able to put it together. They got five kids going to Division One, including receivers. So, you know, Kemore Gamble going to the University of Florida, big-time tight end. Uh, they, got, yep. they got so much talent. And then they got the kid, Ben Tavius Thompson. The thing that Dr. Phillips has, they're well coached. He's done a great job. Mm-hmm. He's got playmakers on the team. Their defensive front with the kid Meeks, who's just outstanding and, a, and already a three-time state champion wrestler, uh, one of the mm-hmm. underlooked, uh, you know, way under the radar kids. Uh, you know, he's just an outstanding player. They got kids making plays all over the field. They're, they're aggressive. Um, and, and if they, like I said, the difference for this, if they could move the ball on um, Southridge and not let Southridge win the, the, uh, the field position, it's a game. Yeah. But if Southridge gets ahead by 14 points, it's just because they're, they're going to have to throw. They're not going to make a living out of running. So it's a whole different ball game. It's, uh, it's going to be a close game. But Southridge, well, Southridge reminds me of a cobra. They get in there and then get in there and then all of a sudden strike you and then coil you and that's it and then you can't move. And that's it. You're you're all strangled yeah. up. Well, nevertheless, I'm just interested. Yes, in, I always like seeing good defense, so I'm interested in seeing that. See what Dr. Phillips can You'll do see it. and what plot they come up with, some kind of way against yeah. that. Uh, one last thing that uh, you know may you may have seen on my Facebook page. I believe you commented on it. Uh, and I started off the show today talking about it. You know, folks like to get all up in arms about rankings, uh, with, you know, when they're talking about, you know, individual player rankings or star ratings. And then the team rankings, I hear the arguments all the time and uh, try to let people know there are agendas in this. They need to sell subscriptions right. nationwide. Um, and, then, you know, so we're talking about the Liberty team that played in the state championship game over there in Las Vegas. They were once ranked, I believe, right. as high as 21 on max preps. Right, right. Um, and uh, here they are getting beat 84-8. to eight. It's a 56-8 game at halftime against Gorman. And people are saying, how in the world did this team, uh, how were they even ranked this year? Uh, what are your thoughts on yeah. that? And, and, and then having a state championship game decided by 76 points, which sounds crazy to say. Yeah. Huge hype uh, for that team. You know, there are a lot of the coaches. I, I know a lot of the guys who haven't gone to college out there and knowing a lot of people. It's just the, the football's never really been great out there. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. one of these things, Gorman's good, but and then they see another team that, you know, has a good quarterback, has some pretty good athletes on the team, feel that they can play with a Gorman, and then the coaches at Gorman go, yeah, they're much improved. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, these kids are getting um, – um, you know, getting hyped and they're winning and they beat an Arizona team and, uh, you know, you know how that is. And then they get, right. it's just so subjective. And if you don't see them and you rely on everybody else, they're going to give you the, like you, you're never going to say, Hey, you know what? The heritage sucks. They don't belong in the top 10. Everybody's going to tell you their team belongs in there. And, uh, you right. know, I'm sure that the, 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 the coaches from Liberty probably went out and said, Hey, listen, you know, ask the Gorman people. They'll tell you you respect them. And the Gorman coaches said, yeah, Liberty should be right. And there you go. <laughs> and then they got unloaded on. And, uh, yeah. yeah, unloaded but on it's, is it's not the word. Hype. Yeah, yeah probably well, anyway, I'm looking forward that, to it so. this week. And I know you are, too. And uh, Most good stuff. And we'll, thanks for again for having us. And uh, we'll yeah, definitely uh, be checking I, I, uh, all your games out. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to see you when I'm up there, man. I could do this talk yep. with you for forever, but I know uh, you've got things to do, and we've got to Tough move on, man. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I really appreciate you coming on, taking the time out to talk high school football with us. Anytime, Chad. Thank you so much. Best of luck for everybody going up there. Yeah, thank you very much. Larry Bluestein joining us uh, here on the Gridiron Stud Show, um, bringing a wealth of knowledge. Uh, man, he's seen a, a lot of these. He's probably seen every last one of these teams uh, playing in these championship games this weekend in the state of Florida play. Think about that. So, uh, you know, it's not like he knew exactly uh, which 16 teams were going to play. He just happened to be at so many football games. Um, he's seen these guys play. So uh, always amazing to have him on. I'm going to take a quick break. Going to have another uh, guest on to talk Florida high school football here with me, and that's Joshua Wilson from FloridaHSFootball.com. Quick break. We'll be right back right after this. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. we got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen. All right, real short break here on the Gridiron Stud Show. As I told you in the opening, blogtalkradio.com let me down here. Um, so I had technical difficulties. So that's it, real short break. But, hey, you go, you folks don't like the commercial breaks anyway. We're back. We're talking a bunch of high school football. Just had Larry Bluestein on with me, and I'm also pleased to have my next guest on with me. He joins me every week to talk high school football here in the state of Florida. And that's Joshua Wilson from FloridaHSFootball.com. Josh. Are you already in Orlando? Where are you right now? Uh, actually, I'm still up in Gainesville. I'm heading to Orlando in about, a, about probably about four hours. Okay. Um, yeah, I know you're a yeah. guy that, that gets in there early and uh, gets set up. Man, this is your Super Bowl right here. <laughs> it's it's Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. It's Christmas. Uh, one of those. Any of those uh, very um, climatic things, uh, any of those, you could put them in there for you. Oh yeah, exactly. It's 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 kind of it's kind of like it's Christmas, my birthday, Christmas. <laughs> That's the way it goes. Yeah, put it every year. Put it all together. All those good things wrapped into one. Uh, I I do want to say this. Uh, I am extremely pleased that the FHSAA has um, uh, made it to where you don't have to take two separate trips to Orlando. I think that's a great thing. We're going to get all eight classifications this weekend, starting tomorrow. And uh, stretching all the way till Saturday night—that's a great thing. Would you agree or disagree with that? Oh man, it's it, it, it's one of the biggest things that could have been done. And and you know, and you got you got to you got to think you got to thank the Atlantic Coast Conference for for, for some help with this starting this a year early because they weren't going to do this until next year. And you know, this year now, now it's like you know, it seems like to me from I was at a media luncheon yesterday with. Involving, you know, this is something new they're going to try to do each year now. Is you know the 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 thing is that Orlando is becoming the destination now. You know, because Orlando once this 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 con this current contract ends in three years, that the Orlando hosted it at a, at a central site any longer than any other central site has ever had. So that. That right there, I think Orlando. You're starting to see Orlando. You know, it's like okay, you know what? 
we can have three college bowl games. We could possibly keep the ACC title game, and we can work with the FHA. We can have the collaborative football here, and, and, and you have you can have some pro games too in the midst of all that. You know, because you know the Dolphins played a preseason game earlier in the year. You know, there. So Camp am I hearing Stadium. you correctly? Think, the, the high school championships are going to stay in Orlando. Well, they're in Orlando for these next three years, but it sounds like from the way they're the way some of the people are speaking now. It seems like they really want to try to keep this thing here and keep it keep it there in Orlando because it's become that destination. Orlando's becoming the destination point, and you know it's like I think you know you say you know when you try to put any other city in between it, you know it's like you know it is it, it, the destination. It, it does the destination sound right? You know because we're so used to Orlando now, and I think I think you know I mean I mean, I mean the only the, the only drawback is the stadium size. But I think you're going to get that mostly anywhere where you try to put it at, no matter if you try to go to FAU or, or South Florida or anywhere else around the state, you know, with most stadiums. I, you, you know, know I, was, that's, uh, that's the I, thing. I was a couple of weeks ago, we were up at Central Florida uh, and just had a chance to go stand at UCF Stadium and look around and just thought to myself, just by the way it was constructed, this would be an awesome place to have. Uh, championship high school football games, uh, just the mm-hmm. way it's put together. You know, I don't know if you feel the same way. It just had that great look to it. Yeah, you know, that, that would be a nice place, but I think it's just, a, you know, it's a matter of logistics because, you know, from, from, from you know, speaking to a few people close to, to UCF like that and all, all in, that, in that situation, you know, they have a hard enough time dealing with their own games on campus. Well, I mean, trying to deal with eight games in three days or eight games over two weekends, you know, but for them, that might be a little bit more of a stretch for them. And that's where, you know, the Central Florida Sports Commission, they've got the resources. And now, and now with them having three, you know, between the Central Florida Sports Commission and Florida Central Sports, you know, they're dealing with, you know, they deal with, you know, they deal with three, three college bowl games. You got you had the ACC title game. And you deal with, you deal with you know you get a couple of other college games a year maybe a professional you know NFL you know preseason game you've got other events going on you know I think for them the the, the Central Florida Sports Commission can look at this you know what they don't they don't this event's not going to be a money, probably a money maker for them anyways but they're going to take it right. on because they can they they have the wiggle room to do it whereas you might not see other areas being able to do it. And this is what, you know, and I think it also speaks volumes when you see that a, a name like Camping World, you know, put their name on the stadium, despite the fact there is technically no major tenant of that stadium. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not a mm-hmm. professional team that totally is resigning. Cause you have people say, oh, Orlando City Soccer is right for our home until the new stadium is built, and they're going down, the, they're going a few blocks down the street. Sure. And well, yeah, there's and no listen, permanent I, I, tenant. I'm, I'm, I'm totally happy about the whole situation where we're going to get all eight oh, classifications yes. games in this weekend. Um, it's enticed me to stay and watch a couple of the other games where I was totally put off by it in years past. And, you know, if I was up there for my game, I, I, I played in it, watched in it, coached in it, whatever, and then I'm out of there. So I'm going to hang around this time. What still is irritating me, though, Josh, and, you know, help some of the listeners down here, especially folks down here in South Florida, is the fact that. And correct me if I'm wrong on this. The games are not going to be on television. They're going to be on television to some degree, but not in television on a cable channel in South Florida, not in a cable channel, most likely in my area, not a cable channel in Jacksonville, not a cable channel in the Josh, I got to tell you, it is extremely it, irritating it, um, that this it is, is the case. Irritating. Why is that? It is 
it's it's irritating. It's it's it's, it's a relationship that the FHA and, and, and Spectrum Sport, which is now it's no, used to be called Bright House, is now Spectrum Sports. It's you know with all the changing because uh, Bright House Networks got bought out by a Charter, and they're going they're going to the new name that Charter uses. And the thing is, is that they're, they're, they're in the process of a transition. Well, you know, I, I've kind of heard of a couple of things, you know, kind of just floating through the rumor, you know, through the through the grapevine that maybe maybe there might be a chance here that Spectrum Sports goes beyond just being a Central Florida thing. It becomes a regional Florida thing that they right. get it onto the other cable channels because from apparently from my understanding is that in, in, in a couple other markets, they've got it that way. They've got it on other mm. cable systems other than their own. So maybe, mm. just maybe, you know, they can do something here in Florida, which, to be honest with you, you, do, you, 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 put, you, put, you put that channel on the other cable systems here in Florida, Mm-hmm. You, you you end a lot of the complaining. You end a, yeah, you I mean, end a lot of that right away. Annoying, man. It just makes us seem so small time. We seem bush league. I can right now uh, this year go see the championship game in Massachusetts. I can see the championship series in the state of California um, and a couple of other um, states where football is not as big time as here. But in my own state. Um, I can't see the championship games, and that just really, really bugs me. And I'm just thinking about the, the grandma or grandpa in Dade or Broward County who can't really sit in the car and make that ride up to Orlando uh, that would like to watch the game, and they've got yeah. to go. Imagine this now. 75-year-old grandma has got to go log on, um, go find a website, and, and, fi- and get money out of her PayPal account <laughs> to subscribe to watch the live stream of the games. That's ridiculous. Oh yeah, I totally understand that, and I think that's you know that's that's the one thing. It's like you know the question is, the the question is on some of this is that you know it's it's a matter of how what can they do, how can they do it, what you know, and all that stuff. And I think it's just a matter of logistics. You know, that it can, there's this this transition going on. I think you know, and in my in my thought in this and some of this is that you know they're, they're going to have to they're going to have to see where the things are going. But now, what there's a good thing if somebody's got a computer. You can get it streamed, but you're gonna to have to pay. A, you can probably pay a 9.95 fee, but you're gonna you'll be able to get it streamed online. So it's not totally yeah, that you can't see the, the game. You're just gonna to have to. Yeah, you're yeah, I've not done it in just out of protest. It's not even about the money, just in protest of the foolishness. But uh, we got at least one more year of this again, Josh. Hopefully, they can get it fixed and get it get us looking like a, a part of the uh, United right, States of do. America again. I, and maybe we can get the all-day pass for games, but it, they, I, I can tell, tell everybody it was not going to happen this year with everything that had happened with contract changes. You know, them having to make the changes to to what you know to get going to the one week in the year early. But maybe mm-hmm. next year we get that all-day all day pass because I knew that Georgia does it. And you know, I saw that uh, South Austin was talking about it with their thing, and you know, because they're going to play their state championship game and talking. Well, the a, a tickets are twenty dollars, but that covers every game that's being played that day. Well, yeah, so let's talk yeah. about that because we do have listeners that are heading up there and, and probably need to know these things. And, you know, I know you're someone that's in on that. So now if I want to go uh, if I want to go watch American Heritage play Friday at 3 o'clock, I want to see St. Thomas in the next game after. And then tomorrow and then the next day I want to see the Chaminade uh, uh, game. Right. What's, what, what are my options here? How do I do this? Gonna, it's it's twelve dollars per game, so that's that's the thing. So once once the once the okay the five A game ends, you have to exit, go back out, buy another ticket, come back in because they don't have an all day pass in this situation. Because again, they were not planning for this 
scenario this year going all one weekend. Mm-hmm. It might happen next year. That's just it's just it, I, I'm just taking an educated guess on that because I really think you know there's there's been a push for it. It's just a matter of when, but it's not this year. So, you know, I I think in this case, I think for people, you know, I don't think the people will be willing to mind to spend the money for the ticket. It's a matter of making two different trips over two weekends. It's it's it's, yeah, it's much more convenient oh. for them to spend that money on the twelve dollars per per game now than it would because now you you're only spending maybe two to three nights in a hotel room and not probably four or five over two weekends. Right, right. That that too. You know, I was kind of taken off on them a little bit about having to clear out the stadium and restock it. But then, you know, um, in fairness to them, how do you know who bought a one-game ticket versus someone who, you know, if, if you did have an all-weekend pass, that's why, which is that's not why the Georgia, scenario. That's but, why, right, right. And this is where I saw Georgia. You know, I looked at Georgia's and I saw Georgia and they said, you know, they just charge a $20 flat rate for a ticket, and they say it covers all the games because, you know, that's the way they're, you know, so that way they don't have to worry about who has a who has a per-game ticket and who has an all-day ticket. Just, you know, charge everybody, so, you get all the games. So, uh, in one Josh, day. why can't the state of Florida take a look at what some of the other states, like Texas and Georgia, are doing and just simply mimic that? Why is that so hard? I don't think it's so hard. It's a matter of getting written in the contract because if if they you know very further about their contracts, they have to have the, you know they got to have you know contracts that are, 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 are important to everything. And I think that's where you know again it's where you know it, it, next year we'll probably see that all day pass come around because there, there's been there I've asked about it. They said it just wouldn't it, not not this year, just probably next year. I mean, I, I think you know I. I think if you look at the whole scenario of changes we're seeing in the FHA with football, you know, I think, you know, what you're seeing is a start of a change, you know, that changes the dynamics of high school football in the state, you know, especially right. with the new playoff system coming next year. I think, you know, and, and, and it's very interesting. I just talked to a couple, I talk, I've talked to a couple of coaches from the, from the smaller schools that are, you know, that were like, they weren't so certain this was going to work well trying to find a 10-game schedule, trying to create mm-hmm. maybe a conference and stuff. But at this particular point, a lot of schools are not having trouble as first thought it would have right. been. So this is it, it's going great on that perspective. And I think in the end, you know, what I have to give big kudos to Frank Beasley for what he's done in a short time at the FHA. At the FHA. It's it's a matter. It's just it's taking that. It's just taking these pieces and getting it all together. And it's going to take several years. And I have to tell people that it's going to take several years right, to so get to, to maybe so go to, uh, to I, a I should ease up on them a little bit. I would, I would ease up on a little bit on them because they're, 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 they're my heart on this one. They're working as hard as they can on this, and, and because it, 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 to be honest with you, if the FSA tried to make a whole massive sweeping change to football all at once. We wouldn't have gotten anywhere. The point system yeah. is the first part in, in going to seeding. Then maybe the second part is maybe hey, eventually, maybe to be honest, and I, I no no knock to you from American Heritage or you know with the private schools, but you know some people are saying some of these private schools may need a multiplier on them, like St. Thomas Aquinas mm-hmm. for, for for example. You know, they, they mean it may, it may come That's down good, to that. I'm glad you brought forward. that up. Let's let's dig into that before we get onto the actual on 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 field action. Uh, I talked about this a little bit with Larry Bluestein, who was just on with me 
I think we all by now have seen what happened after the game with St. Thomas and Venice uh, and uh, head coach Roger Harriet for St. Thomas was uh, doing an interview which was interrupted uh, rather rudely by a fan or a parent of a, a Venice player um, shouting and yelling things about abundance of talent and recruiting and uh, exploitation. Um, and I've been hearing the word abundance of talent being thrown around, you know, all throughout the year. People are, you know, either complaining or making jokes about what's going on at IMG. Um, what, what, what's the talk there? Is What's the movement there? Is this really that big of an issue? Uh, or is it just something folks are just going to have to deal with? All right, you know, it, it, it's probably something we're going to have to deal with for just a second. That, that, that's the thing, you know. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's sort of a catch-22 if you want to look at it that way. I mean, it, the whole – in my mind with some of this is that, you know, I, I've suggested that they should do an open playoff bracket. We don't need a non-classification for football. I think everybody agrees with that particular point. Eight is eight is eight is a good number for football, it, you know, especially with the number of independents that have come back in for, for the new for the new format. The mm-hmm. thing is, is though, you need to in, in this situation, and I would not, I, I won't count, I wouldn't put one A or two A teams in this in, in this thing. I would go looking from three A and above. You take these powerhouse teams that are, you know, state championship games year after year, you know, and reaching the state semifinals, you know, and, and, I, and, and there's a chance I'd say American Heritage would be included in this part because of the way it would be looked at. But at, at that particular point, you create a, a ninth playoff bracket. You call it the open bracket, which you may have heard that, you know, California's got this thing called the open division. You know, it's, they, mm-hmm. they pull these teams out and they, they, they see them and let them you know, have the playoff games. This is what we need to do here in Florida. Take maybe the 16, you know, these, these powerhouse teams, the superpowers, you know, let them, you know, regardless of the class from 3A and 8, up, up to 8A, don't see them in a bracket, let them have at it. Right. And you call them an open winner. You call them an open division, open classification winner. Because in my mind, by doing that, you free up some of these other spots for these teams that, you know, and, and, you, and you might actually end up creating more parity in those in, in, in the other playoff brackets by doing that. By just removing St. Thomas Aquinas out, just removing, the, you know, removing, you know, some of these teams, you know, like, a, you know, a Papato or an Osceola, you move some of those teams that have been dominant, put them in that, you're going to see. You're probably going to see a little bit more parity come in those brackets. Now, of course, parity's played out nicely in these brackets this year because only three teams that played in the games last year, yeah. state championship games this year. So it, 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 it comes in cycles. We're all struggling we and fighting that, for some kind of way to get parity. I don't think right. ultimately that can be achieved because there's so many factors that change from year to year with these high schools that right. whatever system you set up now could become antiquated uh, within four years. There's just so much change happening fast in all these areas and then you know coaches uh, and programs adjust to whatever is put together so uh, we're going to find ourselves in a situation if we're trying if we're going for parity to where we have to change the system over and over and over again i don't think anyone wants to do that well, all right I, let's get to talking right, about they, what's going to happen gotta, and they gotta, gridiron. Gridiron. go ahead yeah and they got it and, and if i was going to say that, 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 that what, what they've got it going so far on this it's a start to maybe maybe we'll, we you know we're not going to have to change it in fourth year seated out so we'll see what happens. Yeah, no no doubt we'll see if they could come up with something that could withstand time. But I just think that's going to be so difficult, especially here in the state of Florida where um, there's so much transition in population, people coming from elsewhere, people moving from area to area, and 
um, you know, populations changing at high schools, and then and then you have the coaches maneuvering and programs changing. It's just oh yeah, going to be a yeah, lot. It's, the it's, FHSA is going to have their hands full on, on that front. Let's talk about last week. Uh, when I look at Pinkos, um, and it's a you know a big reference point for everyone here. Um, did a pretty good job, to to be honest with you. I, I must be honest. When I looked at the American Heritage uh, prediction of six points over Jesu, I was like, ah. Eh, I kind of like us to to win by a wider margin there. And while for most of the game it looked like I was right, we're up twenty one nothing. Jesuit fought hard, like a like an undefeated championship type style team would do, and they worked their way back into this thing, and ultimately ended up being a twenty one fourteen game. So, you know, Pinkos looked like a prophet, um, but um, and you know, I guess he came up with a good one there. I'm extremely, by the way, um, uh, I was impressed with. Malik Davis, the running back for for Jesuit, as advertised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you, you know that was you know, and I looked at some of these games, and I'm just like, whoa, wait a second, man, this is okay. mm-hmm. you know, I, I didn't, I, I didn't, you know, I, you know, I looked at the American Heritage, you know, you know, playing, you know, these last few playoff games, and I think some of the games have been closer than what people, you know, thought they would be, you know, and I'm sure you're yeah. close too, you know, it's like, wait a second, I didn't think it would be this close. Yeah, can so, we get a runaway here? Might... Can we breathe easy and stop the, uh, the uh, cigarette smoke games? Man, I, I don't know, I, I don't know, I mean, because y'all, y'all got a It y'all builds got a character, point. but uh, also builds ultra. Yeah, I, I I know, but I I love these kind of tight games. It's like, all right, let's get it down to the finish. Let's what, what is the last sentence I'm going to write here? What's the first, what's the lead going to be? You know, I, to be yeah, honest, one of the you, biggest you know uh, I look at from last week, and again, what I'll talk about again, but uh, you know, Pinkus was saying St. Thomas by four over Venice. Man, they had forty-one at the whoa, half, and it was one. a running clock. What like what happened there? I think St. Thomas is just St. Thomas and everybody else, you know, you, yeah, you've had a good season. You've played really well. It's just, you, you get to St. Thomas and it's like St. Thomas is on another planet and we're over here on the, we're over here on the deserted Island probably. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, that's, they're that's, out, that, that's out the thing. Front. You know, Larry doesn't like uh, plants chances in this game against St. Thomas. No, um, we were talking we were talking about this yesterday about Plants chances and I mean got Plants a gritty they got a gritty team they they've got they they don't have any standouts as, as in big time standouts like a James Wilder or something like that. That's the thing for Plant this year. Mm-hmm. Is that they're basically it's a bunch of your neighborhood kids part in this, you know, yeah. this is this is it, it, they're they're a scrappy bunch but I just this that St. Thomas Aquinas game against Plant that that seven eight game that might be actually the biggest blowout game we'll see during the during during the three days. Wow, it's, it's, uh, you think that, that more than the Carroll City game? I think Carroll City. I think Lake Gibson will will challenge Carroll City a little bit more than Plant will. Plant will mm-hmm. get uh, on to St. Thomas Aquinas. That I think. You know, but then again, I have to I have to say that you know Carroll City going into Charlotte last week and just destroyed them thirty nine nothing. I mean, I, I I don't know. I think Carroll City's kind of hit the peak right at the right time, and you know they are they, peak they, at the they right are moment. they have it running on all cylinders. They've surprised a, a lot of people throughout this playoff run. So you know who knows? It it could be the race between them and uh, St. Thomas for the biggest blowouts. And again, Joshua Wilson from Florida HS Football. Dot com joins us here on the Gridiron Stud Show. So let's talk about some games that could be um, pretty, pretty close. 
Um, you know, the, the, the 3A game, I'm really excited to see. I'm excited to see what Chaminade can do against Trinity. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, really interested in that game. And, you know, Pinkos is calling it a one-point game. What are your thoughts on that one? Uh, I mean, I just that one. That one's going to be a challenge. I think is you, each, both of those teams are going to challenge each other. I mean, that's you know that's the that's the closest spread we've got right here. A one point game, you know. And yeah. I, I took to be honest with you. I mean, Chaminade has surprised a lot of people in the last couple of weeks. You know, being able to yeah. get to Orlando. You know, knocking off Oxbridge, who thought a lot of people thought you know they, they you know they came out strong, did really well this year. But you know, Shamrock's taking their warmth, and you know what? I think it's just a matter of I, I, I guess that IMG game getting getting looked like that kind of like you know what? Forget this. We're gonna go. We're gonna go surprise everybody. And who knows? Yeah. Who knows? You know, I mean, the, the thing is here is that you know we're not having a team this year that's gonna go for a five peak because those two teams, you know, either one didn't make the playoffs or two got knocked out. I, you know, Trinity Christian could join the group that the four teams that are already have won four straight by winning on, on Saturday morning at 10 o'clock, you know, the, the, the 10 o'clock game on Saturday morning. But, man, I, I tell you what, it, it, it couldn't, each team's going to give each other a challenge, and it's a matter of probably who comes down with the last possession and probably who makes the biggest play. And it might be a defensive play because, you know, as they say, defense wins championships. And, I, you know, there's, a, there's, a, there's another team in Southwater that could probably attest to that thing about defense that we could talk yeah, about. <laughs> There's several. There's several that could uh, do that. And hopefully that game is worth the $12 admission that uh, we're going to need to pay to check it out. Um, another game, too, is that 8A, the last one on the board, uh, predicting to be a good game. And, what you know, that'd be a big win for the FHSAA um, if that, that 8A game turns out to be as close as, as the numbers and the data. And Pinkos are predicting it to be its, uh, its you know, defense, you know, being a big part of the thing for Southridge. Um, you know, Dr. Phillips has got to get a lead in this game and not fall behind. Yeah, and that's the, and that's the thing, you know, and that's that's going to be the challenge right there for them is to not fall behind. And but you know that that Southridge team, I mean, look at the number of shutouts they have put out. I mean, that's just you know that's just, yeah, scary. It, it's crazy. Yeah, definitely, definitely scary for uh, for Dr. Phillips. And you know they've got to. They've got to plot on this thing as much as they can, but um, they've got to find their they've got to find their way on this one, and, and hopefully they can uh, hopefully they could coerce South, uh, Southridge into playing the kind of game offensively that they did last week, where they were a comedy of errors and, and the uh, defense was in serious bailout mode. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and that's that's the thing, you know, and you know that that's the thing. You know, one one softwares can't make those errors like they did last week. No, they they can't do that. There's just there's just no way. I mean, yeah, you, know, you can't you can't give you can't give up six turnovers and expect to win the state title. But I you know at, at this point you know the defense has been been a big key for them. And you know Billy Wall has been there been here before. And, and here's the historical fact on this game: Billy Wall wins this in the Southridge Spartans win this game. He'll be the first coach in state history to win a state title at three different schools. Wow, outstanding. Yeah. And that was now, uh now Mark now Mark now he was he's not the first team you know he's not the first coach to coach three different teams to a state championship appearance. That would be Mark Wandola at Cypress Bay because he had Cypress mm-hmm. Bay Chaminade and Southridge. So Billy Roll though, you know, he's won you know, he's won at Achilles, he's won at Northwestern. Went to the Southridge, well hey, he makes state history. 
So there, yeah, so there's something pretty uh, not all, something pretty cool all that. He's chasing history. Oh yes, and you know what? I, I, I that's the thing is, I think you know for 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 Southridge, for for Billy Roll, Billy Roll knows what it takes to play in these games. He knows what it takes to play in this atmosphere. So you know, I, I you know, I think that's the that's the, that's going to be a key difference right there. You know, he's going to have probably have those he's going to have those boys ready. You know, that's that's going to be the thing. You know, and yeah, there's no better teacher. For, than, there's no better teacher than experience. Yeah, uh, no question about right. it. I think it's great, uh, Josh, to see Pahokee back in things. Um, you know, there were several opportunities for them to not be here. Um, you know, the way they played some games, they almost, you know, put their way out of it. But here they are, um, and they're decently favored in this game against Baker. Would you agree with me? It's good in Florida uh, high school football if Pahokee's doing well. They're one of those kind of programs. It's nice to see them back on this stage. It really, it really, really is nice, you know. And you know what? How about this? You know, it's been the first time since 2000, you know, since, since you know, after 20, you know, since since they implemented the 1A world that you're actually having a, a, a pretty much every single game now is pretty much South Florida versus North Florida kind of deal or yeah. something like that. And uh, that's 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 kind of the, the, the nice thing about it. You know, it's like, you know, wait a second, my 1A game is actually as a South Florida team versus a North Florida team. It's not just, oh, two North Florida teams going at it, you know. Mm. I, I I think that's you know it, it's very interesting and it's I mean shoot I mean I mean I think I think it's even you know Pahokee Pahokee won it last in 2008 which was their last appearance while Baker they last won it in 1993 which was also their last appearance in the state title game so yeah it, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be some I'll tell you what for whoever for either whoever wins that game. That's just going to be a, a you know, it, it, it's it's going to be the pinnacle of, of of their season. I mean, it's just yeah, no it, doubt about for, that. for historical reasons as well. For historical reasons as well, because because it, it's very interesting, especially probably more for Pahokee than Baker. Because if you look at Pahokee, okay, undefeated season, you beat Glade Central for the first time in eight years. You're back in the state championship game for the first time in eight years. I mean, what else more could you want? Win that state title. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, put that's pretty much cherry what it is. on top, and then you know, hopefully, you could start saying something like, "We're back, and we can be a consistent, um, you know, appearance in in playoff games, and consistent appearance in in you know the state championship game, like they were uh, in much of the mid to early two thousands, where they were extremely extremely dominant." We didn't talk much about the Cocoa versus Bulls. You know, I did bring this up with Larry as to man, how much longer do you think Corky Rogers is going to do this thing? Um, he's oh, been he's he's been at it for decades. What do you think? I've been talking about this all. I've been talking about this since early in the week. It, the very interesting thing is this: is that for Corky, I, I, this is I, this has been on my mind. You know, Corky, Corky's you know, Corky's seventy-two years old now. You know, his last time he won the state title, he wasn't even seventy yet. So let's, you know, that's twenty right. eleven. You know, when they when they beat Booker T in the first time in that four four in a row matchup, you know, four, four years in a row. Right. To me, to me this year since Coco, you know, it's it's it, it, Bulls is getting Coco. They're not getting Booker T. It's it's going to be a great game for that four a game tomorrow night. I'll tell you what, that that that's going to be a great game. The thing is, in my mind though, okay, does Corky want to retire? Well. Does Corky want to retire? He, I think in my mind, Corky, if he wants to retire, he's going to he wants to go out on top with that. You don't mm-hmm. want to go out, you know, as a state runner-up. You want to go out as winning that trophy. You know, yeah. Because no, I no, think in no my question. mind, so if he wins here, 
does does mm-hmm. does that decision um, depend on what happens here? You lose, you come back, or you win, and it's, it seems like a great time to I think, call. I think that's what it is. I think that's what it is. I think that's what it really is, and, and that's that's just it's just something that I think you know I wonder about that. And but then again, he may he, he may feel like, hey, I got another I got another even left in me. I'm going to go for it again, no matter what. <laughs> no, so yeah, I mean, Larry Blue seems to think that uh, he enjoys what he's doing, and uh, he's one of these guys that'll do it till the end. You know, we've certainly seen that with coaches before. How about Champignac Catholic? No one really had him in this thing. Uh, I think they've been an underdog almost every week, if not every week. Um, how do you like their chances against University Christian in this game? I mean, can it continue to, to overcome some odds and, 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 know, and win a championship? You know, you, you look at Champignac and you, you see that they're, they're, they're a five-point favorite, but I'm just I, – my, my gut is saying, no, don't go with Champignac. Go with University Christian. And I and here, here's one here's one big reason why I go with University Christian. You know, they've only been – okay, they had they had a 10-game schedule. One team dropped out on them. They've gone through a back adversity of, of different – with the Hurricanes and stuff this year. Two Hurricanes over, over, over the, in, the, in the course of the season. I mean, they, I mean, a total of three bye weeks during the season, and then you had your fourth one, which was for the for the for the bye week during the state, you know, state semifinal round for the bigger schools. I think in my mind is that you know, I, to me, I think you know, for 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 a school like University of Christian to go through that much adversity in a season and to get to this point, I think that might have been you know that might have been the best preparation tool they could have had. Mm. You know, that's 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 in my mind thinking of that. You know, and that, you know, hats off to Dennis Merrick and remember for, for for what he's done in two years. You know, being able to yeah, no put doubt. that program back back on the map of, of, of some degree. It's just that University Christian. This is this is a team that you know they're you know they know what to do. They know what they're doing. They know how to play. They've got they they've got the kind of coaches done one or twice for them here, you know, since it, being a head coach. So my question is, yeah, it, it's, I just don't know. I, I just don't know if I could give Champagnat the W. In yeah, I, I it, think it, that's going to be a, a more interesting game than people um, uh, really realize. Oh, I think yeah. That's gonna be, yeah it's going to be interesting to see those two things at work there and see if, uh, see if Champagnat Catholic can uh, pull that one off. I've saved, you know, our game for the, for, for the last year, uh, I've been extremely uh, impressed with uh, Nick Tronti out of uh, Ponte Vedra, uh, and I've probably messed that name up all week long. But I've been impressed yeah, with Nick Tronti. Yeah, Nick Tronti for Ponte Vedra. You know that team's got a quarterback, <laughs> which is what you know. You yeah, no question. You can sling it. You can run around, um, and uh, he works well with his receiving group. Um, yeah, and and they've gotten a lot done. Three thousand yards passing doesn't really turn the ball over. I've been impressed with them on on, on offense. Yeah, and that's the, that's the thing, in Nemo, and and, and that, you know, for for them, you know, for Ponavedra, it's just a matter. Of, it's you know, for them, okay, you've got a quarterback, you've got some playmakers, but now here comes your biggest challenge: playing American Heritage. You know, and and some people are like, are they afraid that this is going to be like a, a few years ago when when y'all had Clay in, in in the in the in the first you know in the in, in the state championship game and it'd be a sixty-one fourteen blowout and like. Well, you know what? In my mind, I don't see that. I see I see a little bit closer to the game, but I don't know if it, you know Ponavidra get gassed out a little early. You know, that's the thing. Can they keep up? But it, you know, considering you know, if you look at the score last week, they had a basically they, it was a it was basically it was a shootout. You know, it's 
can, can, can you recover from that? And well, you know, at least at least you're not playing a game in, in a short in a short window. You know, you've got a you've got a you know a week. But the thing is, is that you know you're you're not playing at seven o'clock. You're playing at three o'clock. So that's that's gonna be the big thing right there. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, no question about it. We're obviously geared up for it. Where there's a stream amount of disappointment on our end um, in our quest for three straight last year, and then falling short against uh, Hallandale. It's been a motivating factor for us for uh, for the entirety of the season, and now we're just looking to uh, to, to finish. Listen, it's been a, it's been a, a tough road for us, as pointed out by one of our coaches. To get here, we've had to beat the number two ranked team at the time. In 5A, each each step along the way, uh, by by having to go through uh, Cardinal Gibbons, by having to go through Bishop Moore, and then mm-hmm. last week having to go through Jesuit, at the time, the number two ranked team in 5A. Uh, we really feel like we're battle-tested. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. And that's the thing, Chad. You know, it's it's a battle-tested. I think a lot of these teams are battle-tested here. You know, I mean, you could you could say a battle tested for y'all. You could say a battle tested definitely for Pontevedra. You could definitely you know Coco, you know Coco, you know battle tested in, in, in some degree in, in the Lake. Lake Gibson definitely battle tested. I'll tell you what. You look at Lake Gibson. That's battle tested right there. Look at the scores. I mean, no one no one gave them a chance against Armwood. You know, you know when one of the one of the people were telling us like you know they you know they size you know they look at the teams and the rosters and they'll try to size them up. You know, look at the sizes of the kids. And Armour was definitely a bigger team, but Lake Gibson, you know, that's a gritty bunch there. I mean, it, it's a, you know, it's a test, and I think Southridge got tested these last couple of weeks. So it's the matter of being, you know, how much is, how much of these tests that you get in the playoffs prepare you for this big game that you're going to be sitting here on the on the on the statewide stage now. And that's the question. Yeah, how do you feel about you how do you feel about the matchups ultimately as they came down for this state? Championship series. I'm I'm pretty enthusiastic about these matchups. Not one because it's it's different teams and different fan bases coming. That's the thing, and I think that plays into this, especially for like teams like Carroll City and Southridge, who have not been here in over a decade in this position. So both of them, yeah. I would yeah, see these uh, Miami a fans for be Carol willing City, to pay. A return for Pahokee. Yeah. Uh, good to see. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what, especially for that for those Saturday games, that 6A and 8A game, I would not be surprised if Southridge fans come and support Carroll City and the Carroll City fans stay for the Southridge game, willing to keep fans in the seats, willing to pay, you know, the $12 per ticket, whatever it takes, to stay there right at the stadium to support their team. And I think, you know, with, the, with Dr. Phillips coming, you know, especially any game, and then we would probably at least have a crowd of a probably of, you know maybe ten thousand maybe you know for that game. I would like to see that. You know, with, that'd be I great think to see for the state of Florida football. You know, because we while we have all this talent, we take it on the chin a lot about our fandom as it relates to uh, to high school football. It'd be nice to see us uh, make some inroads there by packing a stadium for a game like that. Oh yeah, it would, that would definitely be the big thing here. I, mean, I think that's you know I think it, it, it will. I think we will see some of that, you know, and I mean, the, the, the thing about that, you know, is the, you know, Lake Gibson probably will bring about 5,000 for the 6A, 6A game themselves because, again, they're, they're another team that hasn't been in this position in a while. So the thing is, is that, you know, and, you know, that 7A game, maybe not so much because, the, you know, if people know that the Aquinas is just going to probably roll through plant, you know, who's going to want to come watch it? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah no, I mean, no then again, but then again, but, but then again, 
But then again, we could probably have a complete shock. You know, a plant just totally shows up and dominates and St. Thomas is like, you know, they took them too lightly. You know, we've seen teams do that. You know, so it, it's it's going to be fun to watch over these next three days. And, and, and again, it, this is – this is not just for, you know, a fan stream. It's, it, you know, it's really for the media who's going to be there for these games and covering, especially, you know, someone like someone like myself. Having it all in one weekend, you just cut my travel costs down probably in half, <laughs> pretty much. It, you know, you, yeah, I, that's, I, I a, that's a cry way. coming out from everyone across the way. So, um, you know, that's, that's a big thing that they helped us out with. Now if we can get the whole TV thing squared away, um, this would be just awesome. All right. Well, listen, Josh, we're out of time. Um, I, I know you're getting ready to head over there. I will definitely see you up there. Glad to be able to say that as well. And uh, I'm looking forward to taking in some great well, Florida high school football this weekend. I'll see. Hey, I'll see you Friday at, at Camping World Stadium, aka the Citrus Camping Bowl. Camping World Stadium. Yes. <laughs> Got to get used to that. So, Camping World yeah. Stadium. All right, Josh. Well, thanks, man. I'll, I'll I'll talk to you this weekend, and we'll uh, wrap this all up next week. Appreciate you being on. All right. Appreciate it, Chad. Have a good one. All right. Joshua Wilson from FloridaHSFootball.com. If you can't make it up there this weekend and you're not into uh, finding the live stream, uh, you know, between he and Larry Bluestein, two good follows on Twitter um, to uh, keep you updated. You know, maybe you're out and about. Maybe the wife dragged you out. Christmas shopping, um, and you're not able to uh, do the whole live stream thing, um, follow both of those guys on uh, on Twitter, and you can stay up to date on what's going on in these championship games. Well, I want to thank all of you folks for joining me and listening to me on the show today. This one went off somewhat without of a hitch. I lost all my audio files, so that uh, still has me a little bit pissed off at Blog Talk Radio. Hopefully they can get their act together, or I'm going to bounce going to be out of here you know they need to get it together i put a lot into this whole deal but again thank you all for listening uh i'm back on tomorrow uh, and it's going to be an early show it's going to be at 8 a.m start time tomorrow because we're on the road to orlando uh, i'm going to be on the road with american heritage as we uh, try to win a state championship so tomorrow's show is going to be early 8 a.m Emil calamino and i are going to get you all set up for the weekend one day early college and nfl football so uh, be sure to join us on that And uh, again, thanks for listening. Back on tomorrow. Appreciate it. Enjoy your day. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We've got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen.